Welcome to Biggest Geekist. We are your hosts. I'm Joe. And I'm Randy. This is episode 156 of the show, and the date is Tuesday, September 12th, 2023. You know, Rumble. Rumble. Sometimes when we start, it it uh, reacts quicker than YouTube. Right. So today, I was waiting and waiting and waiting for that intro vid to stop and then the um, kind of the the gray dice that we used to appear so I could hit right the intro music. Gotcha. Yeah, it just, I was like waiting, waiting, waiting. And then I, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm done waiting. And I hit it. And then, and then it shows up. So I don't yeah, know. love it. I don't know. We got any rumblers out there. I said, hello, don't see anybody. I'm also, I'm on Twitch. Oh, if I go to Twitch, apparently it starts running it. So I was getting a lot of echo. So what are Twitchers called? <laughs> Twitchers. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Dude, Green Apple's in the house. Uh, Crafting Gamer, hello, sir. Um, oh, look, my Twitch comment shows up here, too. Yes, because you can choose for all destinations in the pull down or uh, actually pull up. Or you can just have it target YouTube or just Twitch. Ah, uh, Okay. Yes. Patrick Demo is here. He says he's got to force time off. They need to force him to be off on the weekend of our uh, big geek con because that is going to rule beyond imagining. Yeah, we got Iron Man and Flady. Phone guy, what's up, dude? Hey, phone and guy. Who else is here? Ryan, David, Green Apple. You coming to big geek con? I thought you maybe had talked about it. I'm not sure. And uh, Halcyon 8 showed a little bit. Darthic, he's going to be there. All you Darthic fans, I know you're out there. Darth is going to be live and in charge. How Darth is he going? Is he going to show up in the Darth outfit? He's going to show up with the Force. I know what Darth Vader's outfit is, but what is Darth Theok's outfit? Does he have one of those machines that breathe for him and all that stuff? He's way too cool for that. He don't need no machine. He's all about all oh natural. <laughs> well, neither neither did um, what's his nuts the um, the dude in the third trilogy he wore that whole he wore his getup just to look like darth vader he didn't even need it dude my followers are building on x i'm an x man now so i'm on x and martinson has followed me and apparently ryan david and gabby has i'm not sure i know who gabby is but i appreciate that someone who talks a lot <laughs> right gabby I'm sure it's a relation. Maybe it's one of the ladies on Nerd Cognitos. I think they handle the Twitter Probably. spaces for them. Or the mutant spaces, since it's X now. That's what I'm calling Twitter. It's going to be called X in the mutant spaces. That's right. <laughs> I'm glad well, he switched. You, you're glad? Well, I don't know if he did. I don't know if it was it his idea or was it the person he put in charge. Dude, come on. He did decide, didn't he assign a CEO? Ah, yeah, come on, you know he runs that stuff. He paid how many? No, he how many, doesn't. How no, many? How he many? did it first. At this point, he's got. He's probably doesn't care anymore. It's all he does every day. <laughs> oh, phone guy says we're assuming Gabby's gender. Yeah, but I think Ryan has confirmed it's one of the ladies. He talks about the ladies handling the. It's not files. currently illegal in the U.S. Generally, to misgender somebody. 
Uh, it should never be. And if it is, I'm going to be in trouble. Yeah. Because as soon as they make it illegal, I will be doing it all the time on purpose. Yeah. yeah. I'll be calling Joe a she <laughs> and a her. I, it's going to, I mean, unless <laughs> the feds step in and, and take my case when I won't because I won't because that's stupid. I mean, Patrick, Patrick Demo is looking for a nut punch. He says X-Men also might be construed as you coming out as trans. Look, X-Men are comic book heroes, at least pre-2012. I don't know what they are now. <laughs> so you were correct in who Gabby was. Right. Because Ryan is confirming her gender. Unlike you, I like Ryan and uh, Kyle and Bert. And I actually listen to them because they have lots of good information to put up. Don't You guys should just ignore Joe. He's not a true fan like me. Uh, <laughs> Nerd Cognito. <laughs> come uh, on now. Come on now. Who? Come on. <laughs> um, Flady has a good question. He says he thought I thought Michigan was the like twenty thousand dollar fine for wrong pronouns. Yeah, that's not gonna last very long. That's a dream within a dream. I think it's already in litigation, isn't it? The the um legitimacy yes. of that. I think it was two day two days later after Bozo, Governor Bozo brought that down. Right. So yeah, she's that's doomed. She's just flexing for her idiot idiot hey, uh, fans. You know what? This actually this conversation kind of even though it doesn't have any relation to gaming, we can segue let's seg into our mini um topic. Mm -hmm. Um because there was recently a uh, an article over on is it Dot Sports or Dot? It's probably Dot Sports. That's where dot I, Esports. Yeah. Dot yeah. Esports. Dot Esports, yeah. Dot Esports.com. Apparently, because um, somewhere, somehow in the infinite multiverse that is D&D, &D, mm -hmm. it matters that there is now a canonically um, autistic D&D &D character in one of their... Um, books that they're selling how I mean, it never mattered before a few years ago those things whether they were canonically anything because everything can canon is being turned on its ear anyway so well, does canon even matter why would they even use that word well these people in this article yeah. titling this article canon is irrelevant so calling something canon is odd. It's not always been so. Now, once Watsy got a hold of DD, they started screwing with stuff. But they, especially in fourth and fifth edition, and they're trying to put their own stamp of approval on it. But uh, Ryan David today talked about um, this particular situation with this uh, what is she supposed to be? Autistic lady that's got a paladin who supposedly made the deck of many things. That, that thing is, is supposedly not a self insert. But it so is. Yeah. And Legion says race as class was canon. It does change as the additions change a little bit. Um, but that's more rules related. But um, I think once Greyhawk became the non-default setting for the for the D&D, &D, so that would happen even during second edition, I think canon became just sort of a weird thing. Uh, but I, what I find stupid is that, and look, guys, I have no, I have friends I've had, I have had and have friends that are on that spectrum of autistic. And 
I don't wish them any ill will. I want them to play D&D. I play D&D with people that are on that spectrum. But what is the deal with certain people in the hobby wanting to push up front their trauma or their mental illnesses? What does that... That's my real big problem. I mean, changing canon... Okay, they've been changing canon for a while. I agree. But this is utterly ridiculous. Could could a person like her... I think they said this character got stuck on trying to solve a puzzle for days or something and forgot to eat. How do you become an adventurer doing that? How does that even happen? Well, that's ridiculous. Also, you've got, she has hyperfixation, especially puzzles. Okay. It doesn't matter. No. Because everything they present as, um, valid adventurers they would probably all die horribly especially those that are in wheelchairs and are still somehow adventurers but if you have a disability you're not going to have a good time out there rarely rare there'll be some disabilities you could overcome like you could have because a slight all the bad guy has to do to this paladin is have a puzzle on the wall hey yeah here's a puzzle. Th- throw, I, then, just then throw the assassin a, comes up and stabs him in the neck just throw a rubik's cube at him yeah if it's I mean, if, if it's known no Apparently is there's a book out. Yeah. So bad guys read books. Flady um, says according to the new DSM five, that's the sort of the handbook of psychiatry yeah. issues. Almost the enti- entire population has an active DX. I'm not sure what DX is. I need a little diagnosis. <laughs> Ryan David save versus Rubik's cube. Right. Right. That's <laughs> all they look, have to do. And, it's, and it's, it's like. In the reverse of when Batman in that one awful version of the ba- uh, Batman, uh, Batman and Robin, when he um, threw all the coins at uh, at Two Face and made him yeah. flip out, which wouldn't happen, but no. it did in the movie. But that's what the bad guy could do to this paladin: just throw Rubik's cube or whatever. And no, it's not that. And really, and as I said. The problem is not the canon, and it's not even if you want to play an autistic character. Okay, knock yourself out, but it's like they want to. Why are they pushing this up front? It's like I'm going to play a super fat paladin because I'm pa- I'm fat. How dumb is that? That's utterly dumb. And so, I found some some uh, p- parts of this article odd. She said, "Where is this at?" It's so rewarding to see her experiences and get to reflect her experiences through notes in her story. Okay, this is an imaginary person who doesn't have experiences. Mm-hmm. It's a imaginary. No, none of these experiences happen. You could that that's such a weird quote mm-hmm. because I think that she's saying it because even though she denies it being essentially a self-insert, it, it is. is. It's a hundred percent self-insert because the author, the author of this book, is autistic herself. Now she may not have hyperfixation, but she is autistic herself, and a woman. So, a female protagonist who is autistic isn't the self-insert. How does that work? That's yeah. Weird. Well, look, like um, who's that? Martinson says, "I play D and D to play someone that is not like me." Right on. We have a we have a friend who is blind and he plays D. I don't think he's ever played a blind character and I, we literally asked him when the wheelchair thing came out hey would you want to play a blind character uh no that would be stupid 
So yeah, and then there's this line here. It is important for the designers to consider how their world represents non-white, non-male, and non-neurotypical people in the world of Faerun. No, it's not important. It is not important. It's not even remotely important. It, I mean, not in the general sense. Maybe they want to, but okay. it's not in the general sense. That's maybe, maybe at their table. Sure. Knock yourself out. So I mean, how, why is it? It says, okay, I think the sentence before that kind of indicates maybe the why. Um, the real-life tabletop becomes easier for members of other communities to join. How? That, 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 that statement, those statements don't follow. I oh, mean, look, uh, we get some autistic characters. That means fat people are going to want to join. That right. means people that are sociopaths are going to want to join. That means that's stupid. Yeah. yeah, this is weird. Yeah. It resonates so much with the idea of the deck of many things being a thing that you use to change and alter fate, which it, it does, and challenge the perception of what a story should be. No, it doesn't do that. No, it doesn't. It inserts a character that people wonder, like, how did you become a 12th level paladin? That's kind of weird. I drew a card. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess that's it. I drew a de card from the deck of many things, which I created. How weird. That doesn't make any, I don't know. Anyway, I just thought it was so silly. And to me, it was all pushing all these traumas and mental issues that they always do. And, and I would even, I would bring in the whole sexuality thing too. It's just not about the game. I just, who is interested? I, I guess they're interested in that. I mean, I guess that's they fine. Are. So it's and, important to Wizards of the Coast, which is fine because it's their stuff. But acting like, I mean, the way that they say that there almost makes it out to be a general importance. It should be important to everybody. Yeah. And, you know, there is a good point to be made. I think L said it, too. He said there's no one D&D &D world. Each table is its own world. And I think Joe was trying to say that when what is canon, because at each table it's different. I mean, I can take Greyhawk and I could have Elminster could be the head of the Circle of Eight. People be like, what are you doing? That's what I'm doing. It's well, my there world. There could be an Elminster running around who's a retard. <laughs> yep. Who's a beggar in the street that everybody meets and he claims to be a wizard but can't do any magic. I mean, can't changing canon with an agenda is what I have an issue with. Yeah, and to me, it's, I think I'm, like I said, it's not the canon change. It's just, I don't know why they're pushing these weird traumas and issues and mental problems and other issues. I mean, you know, physical, whatever. I mean, I don't care if you play a person that's autistic. I don't care if you play a blind guy. I played a blind monk once just yeah. trying back in third edition. I remember sure, I told you, sure. I tried to build all these feats and be a blind and I was decent, but I wasn't good, but it was fun because I had a, that's a concept from even like movies, right? Isn't like the blind martial artist kind of a thing. Right. But and, uh, the other problem I have with this is it, the idea that someone who has a mental illness that mental illness is their identity. Yeah. Yeah. Which is silly. Why should, why, why should anybody want that? Yeah. Um, Legion of Myth asked this. I did see the D&D movie. Didn't 5e put Morning Canaan in Forgotten Realms via the movie? Maybe. I think Magic the Gathering. Did Magic, the Magic the Gathering, those that I think Martinson has some Magic the Gathering D&D combo cards. Didn't they have Morden Canaan as from the Forgotten Realm? Which is silly because he's not, but but it's not silly. It's their choice in in the end, whatever. But Morden Canaan it all together. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Randy, right now a group on YouTube plans to play Dragonlance with Tiamat, not Nikesis, okay, using Savage Worlds Pathfinder. It's their table. Let them lie to themselves. <laughs> I mean, or just let them play what they want. Who cares if you mix it up? And you can hate it, and I can hate it, but they can do whatever they want. They're not hurting my feelings. The, I guess the other thing is it's the and importance they, that it's putting on all this. We yeah. are in a very niche hobby. Yeah, and, and they can all play autistic kinders. I don't care. And as long as you're not disrupted to the table, almost everybody will let just almost anybody else play at their table. It's, it's as if the hobby wasn't already accepting of other folk. Fact. And Fact. It's not, yeah. No. That's one of those gaming myths. Well, it's the whole look at us. Oh, hold on. Oh, okay. Ryan David. No, Randy. That's how we started this mess. We thought that they would stay in the corner being weird. And now they took over the asylum. You know, Ryan's been on this kick about gatekeeping, really hard gatekeeping. I don't know what you would do against them, Ryan. And I All don't we can do I, is rail against it. I don't disagree with you that gatekeeping is good. I'm not sure if we ever had a chance. I mean, did you ever really have a chance of stopping them? Could I stop someone from buying Dungeons and Dragons and playing it the way they want to? No. And having YouTube channels where they're weirdos and then stopping the the weirdos from being employed by Wizards of the Coast. Right. I mean, I, I get that. what I get what he's saying. It would be a beautiful thing if we could somehow get our hobby back to quote unquote the truth, but I don't know how that can happen. I don't think, I mean, I agree. He's right. We, if we had the power, it'd be great to keep them out, but I don't know how we ever could, or maybe he's just saying that would be ideal. And now the cat's out of the bag and there's nothing we can do. I'm not sure how any of us railing against this on our, in our private lives or even on YouTube. Yeah. We would have had to have like blockaded game stores or, something i don't know. I, I think at my table i can gate keep the crap sure level. sure 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 that's it we can only get keep our own table yeah and i and i think they will ryan he says if he agrees it's far too late they'll have to burn out on their own at this point yeah at some point it's going to end it um, will because they don't reproduce yeah and legion says shame uh shame and shun them back into their troglodyte caves we can't stop them from playing we can keep them from tables we can we can keep them from our tables we don't have to let them in there no one gets you know i can say you're not going to play some uh i don't know non-binary uh half tiefling um half gnome uh <clears throat> I that's going to happen naturally though most of one these one-legged weirdo with us anyway yeah I don't i don't i don't know that not letting them play at our tables helps us stay sane, yeah. but doesn't keep them out of the hobby at large. Yeah, and I think a concern, if you're concerned about the hobby at large, I think it can give the hobby a bad name. I think it does. I think gamers are getting, I would imagine a lot of folks, when they see them now, if they see those type of gamers, they got to be thinking, these are some weirdos, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm. geeks were already thought to be weirdos. I say, to be fair, yep, we were already considered weirdos. So, All right, so. We don't want to get, uh, beat this uh, dead horse into the ground too much. No, we've we've, beat, we've hollered this a little bit in the past. Yeah, it's so. really stupid. It is stupid. Yeah. People with mental issues shouldn't be ridiculed for having a mental issue. They should seek help. And we support that. Go get help. But don't wear it on your sleeve as a badge of honor. That's odd. Hey, before we go on, I noticed Jack the 71st is on. Jack, did you review my uh, adventure on Big Geek Emporium? Is that you? Because if you did, uh, thanks for doing that. I, th I think it might be. 
because I think I got directed to your blog. So uh, the fewer people in the hobby, says Legion, the better. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe now. Maybe that's true. Well, I've always said that uh, folks will say uh, a rising tide floats all boats, but sometimes the, the water isn't deeper. It's just a bigger pond, and everybody's still stuck. Yeah. And I think that's what we have now. We have a bigger pond, but it's not deep. There's no depth. It's just a bunch of folk. And it doesn't necessarily mean the hobby's necessarily better because there's more people doing it. In fact, anything that has niche appeal suffers from general acceptance because the way you get from niche appeal to general acceptance is a dumbing down, not dumbing down, a dilution of what made that thing special in the first place. Right on. Yeah, quality over quantity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, we can we got our own tables. Uh, Big Geek Con, we'll do a little bit of that. Um, some bozos show up and try to play in my game like that. They'll be getting a quick, uh, quick death certificate. Congratulations! We're like, we're like kryptonite to any of those folks. They're not going to. No, no. This sort of my, they'll watch me for two minutes and they'll be like, "I'm not playing at that guy's table." So right. it's all good. And I'm probably everybody there is going to be the same way, so there'll be no space for them. Yeah. And this, the, the only other thing I would like to say is there's this weird obsession with these guys to claim a first. What's that? A first, right? Oh, uh, okay. This is the first canonically autistic, blah, 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 blah. So they want to insert some irrelevant classification to do some irrelevant non-accomplishment. I mean, it's an imaginary character, so that imaginary character didn't accomplish anything. So. Oh, I meant to tell you, and since Ryan David's here, I remember I've been listening to his podcast. He is in talks, very loose talks, with some other folks about having a con himself. I okay. would like to I would like to see how this goes this year's, and I think ours is going to be successful. And I would love to chat with Ryan David, see if we can somehow maybe have some connections. That would be cool if they do a con as well. So, Ryan, if, if you're interested, I'd love to chat with you maybe after the con and see what you guys are thinking. We will give a full report. I expect to have – I'm going out on a um, check this week, check the video, do some video recording, and I'll see how the uh, Wi-Fi is. I was told it was fantastic. And so I'm, I'm jumping the gun. Sorry. But anyway, I think we should talk with Ryan David is what I wanted to say. I should have told you off air, but hopefully Ryan is interested in us kind of some cross uh, – Contamination. I like contamination. I like contamination better. <laughs> Do it, man. Legion says too many cons up north. He's going to make uh, Babalamacon. <laughs> That's actually a cool name. I yeah. like Go just because of the name. That's cool. Do it, Legion, says Cal. Your Cal. icon should should be a an IP distinct image that's just like Bam Bam from Flintstones. Bam Bam. Bam Bam Bam. <laughs> cool. All right. Oh, hey, we didn't get to talk about it. Did you get any gaming in this week? No, but I've been writing stuff about gaming. Yeah, I have not done much of anything but preparing for this um, uh, big geek con. I yep. uh, am going to I was inspired last night for my kids game and um, I'm pretty excited about how, how it's going to go. I, I kind of wrote an outline super fast, but it's going to be, I think it'll be good. So 
good deal. Yeah, uh, I was uh, struggling trying to put a schedule up on Discord that was right in that thread, but it ultimately failed because Discord doesn't natively support tables, and there's mm -hmm. a 2,000-character limit that keep, kept me from being able to just put in what's called an ASCII table. Gotcha. This, you know, character, um, instead of it being... Um, like a like a Windows table, not Windows, Microsoft Office table or a Google Doc table. You can they don't let you just insert that. Yeah, we'll we'll share tonight um, the Big Geek Con schedule as it stands, but it's in flux. People are still adding and changing. Um, I have uh, four games that I'm scheduled to run, but that might change. I think the Horde Wars guys need to contact me to make some changes. But yeah. So we have a link to a Google Doc. Right. Yes, we'll show that later. Which still doesn't... Sometimes when you put in a link, mm -hmm. it will display contents of that link. But, yeah, no. Uh, L says, take a picture of a table. We'll do, bud. I plan to get pictures, and I plan to try to do some still pictures, try to do maybe some video uh, stuff as well. So, um, let's see. Uh, you want to tell them to do the things, Joe? Because we probably should get that up. Yeah, we should do the things. If you're not already subscribed, please do so. Hit the like button, the bell notification, so you'll know when we are uh, coming out with our episode, which is always on Tuesday at 7.30. So do you really need to put that in your calendar? You should just know that intrinsically. Share us with your friends and your enemies, because we want everybody to watch. Right. They don't have to like us. No, they just have to watch us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right on. All, All right. right. Yeah, I guess I could have taken a, a picture of the, the ASCII text table or any table that I built. Or Randy actually built the initial one, and then he sent it to me. And then I, I made some adjustments um, because I always do that when Randy sends me anything. Yes, he's an adjuster. Uh, I'm an adjuster. And I could have taken a screenshot uh, and posted that, but I went ahead and went with the link. Okay. Cool. If people want to have a picture of it, um, maybe on Thursday evening, once the schedule is solidified, I can post a picture of the entire schedule so that people could, if they want, they could print it out or they, uh, if they wanted to, I don't know why they would want to do that when they can just use their pocket computers to just go there and look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I knew what you meant there, Mr. L. I didn't. I was confused. Or, or, or you know, I am assuming your gender. L is a neutral tag. <laughs> Right. Neither masculine nor feminine. Oh, in French, if you say L, yep, is it La or L? Well, L is she, and La is the, but for feminine. What's funny, that, the, that actually, that's what gendering is. I'm going to get off yes. on a rant. It's, it's, actually, <laughs> it's actually just freaking language crap. So, yeah. Right. All right. So let's get on with this, and we are going to talk about Planescape, but not yeah. the way that you're going to think. 
Well, although you might, because we say it said Planescape reimagined, so you probably will get it partially. <laughs> anyway, the idea is um, I brought up a few things to Randy. We were talking about topics mm -hmm. and the general idea of reimagining old campaign worlds mm -hmm. from TSR's heyday. Right. Um, might be good fodder for for you folks. So this is the first installment of that, which is Planescape, because it's Randy's favorite favorite thing in the world at all. Period. Well, this isn't this isn't Unreal Agent. Take this care, isn't bud. Your dad's Planescape. This is new Planescape. Yeah, we're gonna rewrite it, baby, right here on air. So first, let me say this though: the original Planescape was not a problem. It was a very good setting. Um, it had the. the it had the more no single was fabulous. Joe just doesn't like dealing with moral uh, relativism, and I get it, or even moral ambiguity, or whatever that you want to call it. Um, but I still liked it. But there was that was one of the biggest things. So we've kind of pulled that. That's the big thing that I think is coming out of our Planescape, um, Planescape setting. We're going to pull that moral relativism right out. So go ahead, Joe. Sorry. Didn't All right. So harsh your buzz. Found Speaking of Planescape, it is a an extension of the Great Wheel cosmology, mm -hmm. and I found it interesting. At least I thought it was an interesting image that was in our thumbnail for the episode. Yeah. Um, it's all image, some older representations of the Great Wheel had a lot of labels where you could tell what was what, but I still thought it was an interesting uh, take on it uh, from a image point of view. Okay. See if I can share You're gonna this. Show it to folks. El says three people it. just, three folks just bolted. <laughs> Probably. That's all right. They don't have to like it. It's all good. Nobody's so feelings hurt here. It's not gonna work. Okay. What are you doing, man? Right. Trying to get well because I'm on Linux and they don't. Linux and Streamyard don't go together very well. It seems like Apple. an Apple com Apple computer may be better. Oh. Okay. So. Hmm, that's interesting. So what have they done with the inner planes there? It's very small, and I actually let me see if I have it. Let me see if I have it as a standalone image that I can just. Yes, I do. There we go. What is where is the zoom? Okay, green apple. Um, you. You can ignore some of Elle's previous comments. It's not a place for furries. I'm going to give a lowdown of the original Planescape, Joe, while you play around with that. Go ahead. Um, Planescape, Planescape was originally a way to give player characters access to the planes and not get utterly destroyed. Because everybody, a lot of times, would imagine that the planes required high-level spells and all kinds of crazy stuff to be able to just survive. Um, uh, the... They created what was called the Sigil, the City of Doors, which is a city between the worlds. And this is not the current 5e. This is second edition. And uh, the leader or the the de facto leader of that city was the Lady of Pain. 
uh, it was also called the City of Doors because there was portals to all worlds from that from that uh, city. Now, the Lady of Pain controlled that. So deities and many of the more powerful uh, avatars and minions could not access Sigil. She literally kept them from being able to come through the portals. They kept her enigmatic. As far as I know, she was never statted out as being what was her you know, hit points and stuff like that. But uh, they allowed for uh, transitions for players to go from a prime material world to out in the plains, a place that was, quote unquote, safer. And uh, without going into too great detail, there were factions within the city, I think 12 or 13 of them, that were vying for some amount of political control. And they all had various um, political or what sort of looking for philosophical ideas. They called them philosophers with clubs translation. They weren't all like just lawful good. There was a faction of, um, Oh gosh, not the dustman, but Oh, why am I blanking? The faction that was all about decay and, ah, uh, dustman. No, the dustman, they were, they were, uh, un- they, they thought the ultimate death was, you know, becoming um, undead but oh man not the chaos attacks why am i blanking it doesn't matter so there was a faction that had a had a belief in entropy and so that's more than just chaos but they would accept you know all manner of people that wanted to see basically the planes burn you were allowed to then access from sigil perhaps other planes and i thought one of the most interesting things about the setting was in the very first box set the first adventure you had to travel to the, and you were like first to third level characters, and you traveled to the second layer of the nine hells. You had to deliver something, or no, you ended up you ended up getting there by sheer accident. But you had a a pass, a writ from Dispater himself. How you got that, no one no one really knew how it came about. But anyway, the point was you could you could do some things. They made the planes playable. You didn't have to be seventeenth level party, you know, with two thousand you know, prepared spells so that you could be immune to all the things and go up the planes and fight all the stuff. They made the planes kind of a living place. Now, some folks didn't like the detail that they gave. They did have a lot of moral relativism in the planes. So, you know, you might have a group of, there's a group called the Harmonium. They were about order, but you could be lawful good, lawful evil, or lawful neutral. A lot of different people in, the, in that faction didn't have to be the same alignment, though I think the lawful neutrals tended to move up the ladder more. If you like a little, a lot of politics and philosophy in your game, a lot of philosophy, uh, it was really fun. If you just wanted to travel the plains and have a plane hopping campaign, it had a good place to have a base. Now, different pol- uh, well, yeah, see, legions, that's an opinion. Doom Guard, thank you, Martinson. Um, planes should not be accessible to lower level characters. That's an opinion. It's one that I don't necessarily always agree with, but whatever. I, I think it's. You a- agreed with him back in the day. I did. Anytime, anytime we went to another uh, plane, right? Early back, on, back when I was fourteen, and we yeah. played first edition D and D and regular D and I because I couldn't conceive of anything else. So Planescape opened my mind to a lot of other ideas. I thought it made, I thought it was amazing because in second edition, I had all these box sets of all these worlds, Birthright, uh, um, Forgotten Realms, Dark Sun. And I was able to use them all. I could imagine a campaign where I could dip into Athos and have people face off against, you know, cannibal halflings. Then I could dip into the Forgotten Realms and have them be in the middle of Mithranor. So I kind of like that. Um, uh, Tiefling PCs were good in um, Planescape. Uh, I thought they added a little bit of a twist. Um, 
but they added the Azamar and lots of others. They got crazy. I mean, it was a, it was a the planes are a big place, right? So it opened up. I think someone mentioned the kitchen kitchen sink. You, I think it was L. Yeah, you could have all kinds of craziness going on, but you have to be into kind of a wild wild campaign. And at one point, I really was. So I think the where I would like to turn it on its ear is one excise the cancer that is sigil completely completely don't need it so that's you know that's a that's a dm issue sure so um the other thing is focus so with planescape the focus is external is getting out of the prime and going out into the planes but with how i'm imagining this is backwards you know, the opposite of that. Okay. You're, the people in the other planes have an interest in the prime because of resources and whatnot. Sure. Any number of ideas you can come up with. And they come to the prime, to maybe your home world, and invade, send a force of invaders to come take stuff. It might even be just, hey, it's a slave run. We're going, um, forces from the infernal side of things are coming to, you know, grab a bunch of folks for slaves or maybe some treasure or mystic thing was uncovered that even someone in the upper or outer planes or however you want to term it um, is discovered someone out there gets wind of it and they send some invaders there to capture it so they come here or the outer planes folk come to the prime for one reason or another. Yeah. So there's resources here that aren't as abundant in the other in the outer planes. And you know, e even if it's you know as simple for demons and devils, it could be human souls. But I would think you could have more than that. Um, it could be a it could be an actual mineral or a material or some sort of you know stone or or some sort just some sort of some sort of valuable thing that could allow could cause them to come into um, uh, the prime material plane. Right. So that was my initial idea. So mm -hmm. if I was going to say, write this, I would of mm -hmm. course make it completely indistinct or as, as indistinct as I could from the TSR material. So oh, sure. I'm going to have sickle, not going to have the lady pain mm -hmm. and I rename many of the planes. So, uh, you had some. Well, my other take was points. My take was a little different than yours because I was trying yeah, to yeah. format it with Sigil. But go ahead. Right. So you wanted to have Sigil because mm -hmm. that would be like where um, any kind of joint efforts would be reached there in Sigil because all these folks could just go there and parlay with each other and not mm -hmm. have to worry about getting jumped by the other side. Well, I. You know, I, sure. I had a little more than that. The idea was I was going to keep all the trappings of the setting, even the Lady of Pain. But Sigil was going to be different, right? Sigil was still going to be the City of Doors. There was going to be some great council, and all the powerful uh, entities of the planes still couldn't come in there, kept out by her. But there would be some great council, maybe a pit fiend that represented Asmodeus and the Nine Hells. Maybe some sort of secondus that represented Primus from the plane of Mechanus. That's a Modron lord. Um, maybe some powerful lich that represented 
maybe maybe the demigod or I think he may be a true god now. Vecna is roaming the negative material plane and he has a representative that is a, a powerful lich that comes to Sigil and they kind of bargain for the right to attack the prime material plane. Because my thought was it wouldn't be so easy for them to get in there. And by attack, I mean infiltrate. You could have an angel from Celestia, a solar who's a representative of some powerful, lawful, good God. They also want to access uh, the prime material plane for what's what's there. We'd have to de decide some sort of drawing mechanism. And the Lady of Pain would be what keeps control on them because she would be powerful enough that she would be hard to stop individually, but she would use the Davis. Now in, in the old Planescape, setting the davis were these weird they spoke in rebuses they didn't speak you would see a rebus it was, that was the goofiest part that i thought planescape had so i would just change them to some sort of maybe construct and she would have just hundreds and thousands of them below below in the sewers or in what's called under sigil and they would be waiting in reserve and they would be powerful force of soldiers that could keep control of the city should things get out of hand should the demons decide you know orcas's representative decide you know i'm invading the prime material material plane and i don't need your okay or i'm just going to start messing crap up i'm going to take over here and so that would give her you know a power base um to me that would keep the feel of sort of the factions sort of but not as nearly as um philosophical is just purely political right. and i would think from year to year or time frame to time frame the lady would say okay mechanist has made a good argument so the modrons can now access the prime material plane and she would and she would unlock the portals to access the prime material plane not that they could flood in there but they would be given a certain amount of time maybe two months to gather resources do what they got to do maybe if they could manage to like get into that world maybe they could turn the prime material plane with all its different alignments and try to make it more lawful and the more lawful they make it the more likely it might shift or slide into mechanism and become part of that plane and have the resources to themselves so right i that's certainly a one way to do it and i can understand this is how anyone that wants more structure. And when I looked at a lot of the representations of the Great Wheel, that's what I saw. Everybody wanted to have this. And it, it was born in the original um, visual representation of the Great Wheel or the cosmology of D&D. Mm -hmm. It was very highly structured. Big box with all the planes around and prime material in the middle and my take is more on the conceptual side okay so instead of that cosmology being so rigid you have the prime which is in the middle of the astral mm -hmm. one of the things i never understood was why there was an astral and an ethereal yeah it's odd is there, it is they're odd. both kind of similar. So you pick, I, I'm just going to pick one and ditch the other one. You don't need both. So the astral, then all the other realms or planes, whatever you want to call them, are just reachable through the astral in more of a conceptual way instead of a structural way. As in, the only, the only other word I would use is maybe they're higher planes. Mm -hmm. And the prime is more central. And then 
that lack of structure to me also applies to this idea of invasions. Instead of having some some boss in charge of all the invasions, you mm -hmm. could have some alliances where they get together and say, hey, we're going to gang up on the prime material plane in this world in particular, and we're going to rape the crap out of it. And they're not going to know what hit them. Or perhaps the um, negative energy plane has a faction within it mm -hmm. that want to go to this one world on the prime material and turn it into an undead world. Mm -hmm. So they'll invade that and try to accomplish that. But it's all so individual. What's the multiverse then? Is it not a bunch of planes or is it a mishmash of just random? It's a bunch of planes, but it's not, I, I'm just not looking at it being highly structured. Oh, so there's no difference between uh, an abyss or a hell or a mechanism? Yes, there or... are. Okay. There are. So you have different, in my, my thinking, there are different realms, mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily the visual, the visual representations that all these people come up with is highly structured, mm -hmm. almost as if the physical layout they have in the drawing is actually how it is, kind of like a solar system where there's the central sun and all the, the planets that have their orbits around it, very structured, and that's how mm -hmm. it works. I'm just saying you don't need that. You have well, all these planes. You have the, you know, what? I'm just, no, I'm smiling because you're very consistent, Joe. Yes. You don't want structure. Well, I don't think it's necessary here. No, it well, it's never you don't have to do it. And I'm not knocking you for it. Mm -hmm. I'm not, and I'm not making, I'm really not laughing at you. I'm laughing mm -hmm. at this, how you are very consistent. You don't like structure. You want things really loose. And yeah. So what, it's a lot easier to build within. Well, but once you build it, then you have structure, right? It's easier to do your own thing within a, a loose structure. Sure. So there is a structure, sure. but it's very, very loose instead of very, very tight. I, I, Mm. You can have structure without it being super tight, but yes, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Planescape had so much room uh, that I think there was really no, I don't know how, I don't know how, I mean, you could, you could play the Planescape. Well, I'm going to be careful. Planescape is the name of the setting they built to make the cosmology come alive in the D and D worlds. Um, Planescape was not a world. It was not, a, it was Correct. how, it was literally all the worlds and how they it was all a hyper definition of the planes yes. that were already there. They redefined some terms and um, changed some things around like uh, Nirvana became Mechanus. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm really not familiar with Nirvana as a concept in the real world, what it's supposed to be. But I think Mechanus was a complete new thing. Well, Mechanus was originally Nirvana. They didn't do much with Nirvana. Um, right, that's as what far I said. Explaining it. So they, they decided, though I think the claim was it was lawful neutral, which if anybody knows about Eastern mythology, maybe that makes sense. But Nirvana just seemed like, I always thought of Nirvana as bliss. I didn't think it was a lawful neutral plane, even though I think they called it that in the Manual of the Planes. Legion is a big Manual of the Planes guy. So um, I don't know. Uh, I do believe that uh, we have some comments here before we go too far along. Let me move back to the first few starred ones. 
Let's see if I can do this. Uh, Jack the 71st says the planes weren't that accessible. Oh, he's talking about accessibility. Right. Uh, you needed keys and gates to act. Right. So by, by that, I meant, though, Jack, what I was trying to say is they became accessible in the sense that you could actually do it, and not get murdered. There were adventures to be had in the planes where you didn't have to be 40th level. <clears throat> That's what I was saying. But you're right. You had to have keys and gates and all that. I don't think that was ever necessarily the case. What, what do you mean was never the case? That you necessarily, that none of the planes were um, accommodating to humans mm. from the prime material. Probably not. It's, but the perception yes. that it's that way, mm -hmm. especially in the lower planes, in the infernal, like in the hells and the abyss, there you expect to not be able to survive. Or the elemental plane, like fire and, and water and earth and all of that, maybe air. Mm. But what is the airplane? You just fall all the time. Right. Well, because they didn't give you enough to really – to me, right. it didn't seem so, like enough to work on. And I know a lot of folks here are loving the manual of the planes, and I thought it was a solid product, but I wanted more. And uh, one of the comments they made was was for you, Joe, as Legion said he thinks that you wanted um, – you wanted – here it is – that Joe just wants the manual of the planes, which might be true, but he's trying to give it – a little bit more and reimagine the planescape setting. So trying to give it some, right. some meaning. So Other people, instead of an, an external focus where the idea is that you go to the, the desire is to go out to the planes. <clears throat> instead, a lot of the action comes to the prime. You right. could still have that because you might need to, at some point go out to the first plane of hell and defeat the leader there that's sending the invasion force. Right. I mean, you might have to go all the way over there and defeat them, him on his home plane. Yeah. And, and that would be a high level. Sure. Sure. You're not going to have fifth level characters do that. No, no, no. And I guess it all depends on what you want. And I don't, and I'm really fine either way. Uh, my thought was though, we would make it more about defending the prime. I thought uh, we would be defending the prime more and it would be, we could have all sorts of adventures where if, you know, if the Modrons are coming to somehow, cause they want to access the prime for whatever resource they think is valuable. And well, uh, they're not. So to me, sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. The prime is an infinite plane with many worlds. Right? Yes. True. True. Yes. According so, to, to lower. So, when the invasion comes, they're not invading the entire prime material plane, necessarily. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be. That would be difficult, but I guess they could. Yeah. But the invasion usually, in my mind, mm -hmm. comes to your home world. Because yes. That Yeah, when I say prime, right, we should be careful. Someone had mentioned that somewhere. I think Jack said here, uh, Jack the 71st said, there are multiple Earths prime worlds on the prime material plane. There was a time they, and I don't remember the whole design around the crystal spheres and all that gobbledygook. Right. But I know the idea was the prime material plane encompassed Tyrell of Forgotten Realms. It encompassed Earth of Greyhawk. It, it encompassed you know, gosh, what's another world? Athos of the Dark Sun. Yeah. Um, I wonder though how many people, especially the ones that poop on Planescape, how many of them outside of Planescape and in their own cam campaign, how much world hopping did they do? Probably not a lot. That's right. So, I mean, to me, uh, if, if, if they would say otherwise, that's fine. Or plane hopping. Plane hop yeah, that's what I'm saying. Plane hopping. Mm -hmm. Going out to the Nine Hells. Going out right, to right. 
uh, the abyss or, you know, the happy hunting grounds, which became the Beastlands. So, I mean, I think I could find that if you, you're not fond of that level of, of adventuring, it would probably be reasonable to think, oh, yeah, I don't I just don't want any kind of planescapey stuff. Right. <clears throat> um, let's see. A couple of other starred ones. So, yeah, a lot of people are talking about rifts, and this is kind of a rifty take on Planescape. Yeah, this is definitely a rifty take. Um, Planes, uh, L said Planescape. No, it was not just rifts originally, but Joe's take is definitely more rifts. Um, more rifty. And Jack the seventy first said Greyhawk had an abundance of natural resources, so Greyhawk could be a perfect target. Um, here's one. I have a question for L to clarify. It says. Randy, you know there are three worlds Planescape, Spelljammer, and Ravenloft can't touch. Oh, you're saying... I don't know what you're saying. Are you saying that you can't get there from the other places? Or is that, first of all, Planescape's not a world, so I'm not sure what you mean. Uh, Planescape oh, no, no. What, what, what he's saying is there are three worlds that Planescape, you can't get to from the setup in Planescape, or Spelljammer, or Ravenloft. And I believe one of them is Athos from... Oh, you you saying there's no portal to those places? Right. There's a uh, one of the yeah. Canonically speaking, I'm trying to think. I'm not. I'm going to say I'll I'll take your word for that, but I'm not sure I believe the that. The Dragonlance world, which is Athos, right? That no, Athos is Dark Sun world. Dark Sun. Okay. Dragonlance was oh, yeah, shut. Yeah, yeah. Dragonlance was shut off. That one I know of. Yeah. Ravenloft was not shut off. It was in the. Ravenloft was a demiplane floating in right. the Right, he's not plane. saying Ravenloft is shut off. He's saying that Ravenloft can't access, like through the mists or whatever. Right. There are three worlds that Ravenloft can't get to. Sure. Through and, the mists. And and yeah, and, and I'm not sure if by canon you could access Ravenloft with a portal. I'm not sure you could. So I, I'm finally getting what he's saying. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Fair enough, Phil. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, and I do disagree with this as well. He says, Planescape is just in reinventing Immortals. No, it's better than Immortals by massive leaps and bounds. Immortals was horrible. Just my opinion. Immortals? Immortal. It was a game Immo- called Immortals? Immortal rules for D&D. It was crap. Oh, yeah. It was a totally it different was, game. It was a crap attempt at, at high-level play. Personal yeah. opinion. Didn't like it. And they already had lots of high-level play. They went to 36, and that was some pretty... Oh, Mastara, too. I didn't know that. Okay. It said he claims it's, he said later on, Mistara, Athos, and Kryn. Okay. And Ra- Ravenloft is hard to get to. Um, yeah. Okay. That might be the case. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kryn can be accessed by a spell jammer. Well, Legion says Kryn can be accessed by a spell jammer and Ravenloft. Therefore, it could be accessed by Planescape. Because Kryn is w- uh, where what happens? Well, That's not Dragonlance, is it? Kren is Dragonlance. We yeah, are, no, from what I understand, the, the crystal sphere is shut off. off. Probably. I was going to say, if if Planescape is not a setting... Or was Planescape, at one point. Yeah. If you use the Planescape rules, you can access any prime world except, I guess, the ones there. I'll take their word for it. Uh, I know Kren was blocked off. But yeah, the but others, God's there blocked... I'm not sure about Athos, though. The Dark Sun world. Maybe. It's been too long. I can't recall. I'll take their word for it. So, I believe that there was some explanation to the effect that the gods there voted and said no one, no outsiders. Yeah. Uh, and Jack makes a good point. He says um, Ravenloft will kidnap peace. He's when the Demiplane wants. Yeah, the, uh, the Dark Lord. Not the Dark Lords. What do they call The powers of Ravenloft. Powers. Yeah. But, but they did have an adventure 
oh gosh, where was I? I had a lot of, I used to have all the plane, all the, a lot of the Ravenloft adventures where there was a conjunction and the Lords of Ravenloft were able to escape the demiplane for a while. And so years ago, I, I ran an adventure called Ravenscape where Strahd, there was a grand conjunction. Not only was he able to access the prime material world for a short bit, he can then access portals and he got to Sigil. And that's where the dilemma came up because once he got to Sigil, the powers cannot access Sigil because they're, they're at least God level strength. Oh, so and the lady, the lady of pain has them completely blocked off. And so I had an adventure where the players had to eventually kind of make sure that Strahd ended up getting back to uh, the demiplane of dread, but that's a, that's taken, you know, my own take on oh, that yeah, idea. Yeah. And that's but, the thing. All of these can't go here. Can't go there is, a, a rule that is begging to be broken. Um, it says Lord Soth was taken by Ravenloft. Correct. That's true. There's a good point. Sure. And the first Spelljammer novel goes to Crin. I didn't read those, but I'll take your word at it. Word yeah, for it. I was not. Um, I don't think that I looked at those seriously as uh, good novels. <laughs> yeah. Especially because the Spelljammer stuff. The only thing I really liked were the elven ships, the living ships. Oh, I love the fl- the mind flayer ships. Right, those were cool. So the ships themselves were cool. Yeah, but the game. But a lot was... of the other other stuff. Didn't those really hip, care for. those hippo dudes, the gif. When, when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, that's so stupid." There, there is a. And that's saying something for anthropomorphizing animals to an yeah. extreme. Yeah. So we we could have giraffe PCs, gi- giraffe people. Hybrid PC peoples. <laughs> yeah, uh, Legion says the Kryn gods only limit the level of a character and psionics, at least up through two E. Yeah, you know, as we talked about at the start of the show, they change st- stuff so much. And you know, I've replayed so many editions of D anD D. It's hard to t- for any of us to talk with great authority because who knows what's going on now. <laughs> the last comment. L says Soth was taken by Hickman. I call shenanigans. It's all shenanigans. Mm-hmm. When, it, especially as um, as D and D's canon is accessed by different creators throughout the years, it is there isn't really canon for but, this for this game. There isn't. There you can't call anything canon because from the very beginning, any sort of fluff was changed. All of it's been changed. And a lot of people, a lot of people just pick their time frame of D&D and say, "Oh, I like this." And so to me this is canon. Mm-hmm. But this does beg the question then. There's no reason for them not to have autistic paladins creating the deck of many things other than it's stupid. Claiming it's finally a canonical mentally unstable person. If there's no canon, you're right. That to me, canon's irrelevant for that. So that statement's nonsense. But on top of that, like we said before, we talked about. I'm going to go down that road. Yeah, yeah, Do you yeah. think? So, in your view, there is no city of doors. There is no lady of pain. There is no factions. Portals still exist, but no one controls them. They just are what they are. Well, there's always been multiple ways to get around the planes. Okay. Sure. And one of the key ways to get mm-hmm. from an outer plane to the prime plane is by summoning. So 
I thought a cool way that the, say the devils and the demons could call, to, could stage an invasion is by tempting some hapless mortal into summoning a devil and they just hijack that ritual completely and start an invasion right off of that. That's 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 a way. That was just an idea I had. But Yeah, I, I guess for me, that's that, that's a good, I mean, I, I'm not against your really loose setting. I think that's fine. I just feel like. So for for me, settings uh, are great when things aren't overly defined, because what do people do? Even you, when you get settings, you put your own spin on it. You take it apart. Yeah, I do. And, and it's the same concept of when a DM makes an adventure or a campaign, <clears throat> you make what you need. I mean, you can do all the other stuff, sure, but how much of it's going to get used? So it's more of a bullet point with some extras. So it would be there would be some things fleshed out. There would be perhaps many factions because each of these planes could have factions of their own, and yeah. then those factions could have relationships with each other across the planes, and you could still need a neutral territory. So you could have something like Sigil. I just don't like Sigil as it's presented because it's just a den of corruption that should be nuked from orbit, just to be sure. Okay. Um, let me comment. Elle's got one. He says, um, Randy, I think planar travel to Dark Sun, Dragonlance, and Mistara breaks the setting. Was Oh, okay. You're just saying that's kind of their theme. They're, those are self-contained little worlds. Felon, fair enough. I mean, that's, that's sure, cool. Sure, sure, sure. Because the technicality, we cannot really argue because who knows what what's going on now but um i get what you're saying joe i think that's an interesting take but i think one of the reasons besides as a dm that i like to read setting material and i'm fine if they give us a lot though i will admit forgotten realms got a little insane i mean holy crap did they have a i mean a second edition they had a supplementary there was, there was always another forgotten realm i mean they were like they did like the Dale lands, they did like, they even went back and did Netheril. So the, the before, which I thought was a really cool book, but I like reading that stuff. I have to admit, unlike other people, I can kind of wink at the seven, 15th level or higher level wizards in every town um, and say, whatever. But I liked reading some of the stories. I mean, Greenwood's not my favorite author, but I did enjoy some of his prose in, in the, in the uh, forgotten realms novels. Um, uh, and I loved, I mean, Planescape, I mean, I think I've said this before, Planescape was one of the first settings that I just loved reading. And Deadlands was another one, the original Deadlands, and still I like it, but I loved it in the early days. Those are two settings that I liked owning just for the um, setting, you know, uh, and, and just for the material. Whether you used it or not, it's valuable for reading. Now, if you don't like reading it, then okay. If you want to just, you know, create all your own stuff, you do want a framework and a skeleton and let the rest of it go. Um, now, I, I will give there is um, some charm and some utility to something like, if I help me if I remember this correctly, was it in the map on White Plume Mountain where they had here there be an undead dragon or there's some undead yeah, dragon? Yeah, yeah. Drag beware the undead dragon. Yeah, it wasn't detailed. It was just on the map. Correct. So you're like, ooh, what is that? And sure. that just that just hands the GM license to make it whatever he wants, right? Right. So I'm more on the level of Gazetteer. Mm -hmm. So the 
right you want to small multiverse i think could be represented good enough in a as a gazetteer Terrible. not unlike the the uh, mistara gazetteers and, and i would, and i would have loved a full a full hardback book on every level of the nine hells <laughs> but 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 not but to be fair it's not what you think it's not because i need them to design it for me i just want to read about it i don't know if folks here remember greenwood had some articles wasn't gygax in early dragon magazines around the 60s and 70s where he was detailing the Polit nine politics of the nine hells. Of hells yeah that's okay. a great set of articles and it and it adds a lot of flavor and you know you could see how the devils could be you know, the machinations and the politics going on there are pretty Pretty, pretty fascinating. No, you don't, Legion. Quit lying. He says, once again, I prefer Joe's take on game settings and game info, but I prefer Randy's style of gaming. You prefer my take, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a gamey gamer. Randy's more of a RP gamer. So that's why that is. You know, hey, look. Legion, I, Legion is more of an RP gamer. I like some narrative. Yeah. I, I, I do. And I, I, I'm good with some freedom but i mean i get frustrated with stuff too i mean it can be over the over the top sometimes i understand where where he's coming from and where else coming from it's not for everybody right right so if i was to design this mm -hmm. from the ground up i would have factions mm -hmm. but and maybe i would ultimately have a like i just said a few minutes ago yeah that was a good article yeah dragon uh, 75 thanks jack there would have to be some neutral territory if these various people were trying to make alliances and coordinate things because you're not necessarily going, going to go to your enemy or someone who, who has questionable morals. Mm -hmm. You're not necessarily going to go to their hometown. Yeah. Yeah, I guess for me, the things that I guess when I took this assignment that we both ran off on and it was kind of cool, we took different paths. Mine was to reimagine the setting without losing a lot of the key elements. I mean, and 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 that idea is almost like uh, reimagining a, you know, a different Earth 42 in Marvel Universe. Where right. things And but more than just the file numbers being filed off. Right. Right. So um, for, for me, I and this is what I put on in our description was it turn it on its ear so yeah you, you turned it completely upside down where i was like how can i rearrange the purpose take out all that you know as i said moral relativism because the lady is not about politics the factions aren't about politics they're trying to you know get the get in the they're the people that are trying to get in the good graces of those big leaders of the of the council go ahead so Jack is saying that the weird thing is, is that the Politics of Hell article we were talking about was written by Ed Greenwood. Could be. I'm sure. I don't know. It's been 30 years since I read it, I think. Right. <laughs> or even looked right. at it. Um, so you mentioned a thing here called Krieg Stance. Oh, that's probably, that might be deeper than what we planned. The Krieg Stance was in the original Planescape was what they called the political dance that all the factions played at the meetings. And my thought is thought of is that would still exist, but it would be those that council of powerful entities that the lady is listening to their pleas and their arguments to have access to the prime material plane. Because to me in this setting, the lady would keep out, would keep all the 
crazy creatures from all the worlds coming in on mass and attacking the prime material plane and just obliterating it. Uh, and so what they have to do is they have to have access from time to time from her. So the Krieg's dance would be still the political dance that the Solars and the Pit Fiends and the and the Baylors and the Seconduses, the Modrons and the Slod Lords that would be arguing, trying to gain access from time to time. And it would ebb and flow depending on the time, whether or not they had the right, you know, it's our turn now to have the right to try to manipulate the prime material plane, choose your favorite one. So I think it would be even better if you have multiple prime worlds like, you know, Greyhawk, Toril, Athos, because then that would thin out. It wouldn't be able to like, oh, the whole might of the abyss would be focused just on Greyhawk. Right, right. <clears throat> the other thing is that the way this you present this here, it's almost like the Lady of Pain <clears throat> is the boss of the multiverse. She's, the, well... She is. The, she's the access to the prime world. Well, she's still able to say yes, no. You can't. Right. And if right. you and if you overstep your bounds, I'm going to send in my dogs, and they're going to pound you into the into the dust. Uh -huh. well, so no she, she, yeah, she is kind of for that. Yeah, boss of the multiverse. Mm -hmm. I could even run my. You could even run that campaign. We could really turn Planescape on its ear and take the gods out of the whole equation. Or you could relegate them like a lot of people do from actual gods mm -hmm. into just really powerful beings who have achieved immortality, mm -hmm. which some folks would say, what's the difference? Well, or you could think of the Lady of Pain as an over-god, like Ao in the Forgotten mm -hmm. Realms. She's above the gods. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> Martinson's got it. She is the gatekeeper, right? But who is the key master? Right. right. And the... <laughs> The other interesting thing would be, or maybe a wrinkle, <clears throat> would be how the upper planes, the supposedly um, good guys, right. why would they go around invading a prime world? Again, there might be this, though. So imagine that the people out in the planes, right? You know, angels, they all have a certain, I mean, they're stuck in an alignment. I say, let's just, for argument's sake, let's say all angels are lawful good. Okay. So they're, they're by nature lawful good. They're stuck in that alignment. Mm -hmm. They peek into the prime material plane and they go, man, there's lawful good folks. There's chaotic evil people. There's people doing this. There's neutral folks. There's some that don't give a crap. Some people that are highly, you know, you know, there's clerics that are fighting for the, the right to party. And they're like, man, this place is utterly insane. We need to bring order to this place and peace for the good people of the prime. So their goal is to bring peace. And, it, and when they quote unquote, get their turn, it may not be very violent. In fact, it's probably not, you know, they're trying to come in and, Hey, look, let me help you out. I'm a big time planetar angel. Let me give you with some powers. Why don't we do this and try to like tamp down on this chaos over here. So it could be an, it could be a type of, um, what's the word, invasion that's not like the others, right? Um, and I've always liked how the, oh gosh, where were the Gith Yankee from originally? Was it Limbo? Or was that the Gith Zerai? I thought that they were from... Originally the from... Astral. An, an, yeah, I the Astral. Astral that's it. The Gith, yeah, because they were originally in an, another world and Gith was their queen. And But anyway... They roamed the Astral. They talk about them. and There was a whole drag dungeon magazine adventure about connected to the a Gith Yankee invasion of a prime world and they would be interesting and they're a lot more violent. So 
So how would you approach this if you wanted to to divorce alignment from from this? So you have your mm-hmm. you have heavenly planes, you have infernal planes, and then you have so the way it's laid out in most of these representations is lawful good is at the top where all the heavenly planes are at, uh, or not necessarily lawful good, but good. And then evil is down where the infernal planes are at, hell, the abyss, and such. And then on the left and the right, the left side is where the order is at. Mm-hmm. That's why Mechanus is over there, because they are super orderly. Yes. Lawful and then on the other side is where the chaos is at, like yep. pandemonium sure. on that side. So if you were going to, because many people don't want to have alignments in their sure. game world. Sure. So if you took alignment out of the picture, could you reimagine this structure from a non-aligned, as far as good, evil, law, chaos, Hmm. and make it more order? So to divorce it from the conception of ethical, moral alignments. Hmm. Okay. Still have a heavenly thing. Okay. And have an infernal thing mm-hmm. so the forces of darkness maybe we're just uh, quibbling on terms semantics of yeah maybe just semantics but could you could you have say the infernal realm could have factions of people who are just unaligned morally or maybe they're oh. morally ambiguous sure. so you could have a bunch of devils or demons or whatever they are mm-hmm. they're they're more like the what are the we just said the name of the race they're more like half devils tieflings? Or, tieflings? Uh, they're more like a tiefling ah right so they're not full-on satan more just humanoids with some devilish blood in them right and, oh and they're morally unaligned and instead of having their alignment be to mm-hmm. uh, good or evil, law, chaos. It's more to a faction. Mm-hmm. That would be leaning back toward the factions of Sigil. It would be a philosophy in some sense rather than a true moral code. And it may and not even be a philosophy. They're be, aligned with... Oh, just because so it's we're, their, we're the tiefling troop, so that's how we're aligned. We, we do whatever the tiefling leaders yeah, say. Bob's tiefling family. Gotcha. Or... or, or, or faction he's been around for thousands of years he has all of this uh, all these people followers hangers sure. on family all this stuff and that's his faction now he might be a rotten dude right. or not might just just do whatever he wants to and not necessarily have a compunction one way or the other and he may just have a bunch of morally Ambiguous from the point of they're not the embodiment of evil. Right. They're they're individuals like everybody else. Right. But they're but they're all on the same team. So sure. if, you take, if you take out the idea that people on the planes that they yeah they're not those planes don't embody an alignment. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason it could just be an invading force. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it could be very simplified then. So you could just have like, well, these tiefling dudes, they tend to do evil stuff. But you know what? These Azamar guys, which are kind of 
which are kind of angelic. They tend to do good stuff, but they sure tore that one town down up into pieces. So that would make it more morally uh, ambiguous and more difficult to to say who's good. It would be easier. There you go, Joe. It would be easier for you as a DM to just say, at the moment, I want the Asimar guys to be doing some nasty crap that the players don't like just because they're part of the what they would think would be they call themselves we're the angel squad yeah but you're like angels like supernatural the tv show some of right. those were a-holes so you could have this faction from hell so on quote unquote and they are bad guys they have slaves they um torture people um they create poisons and and whatnot right mm-hmm. and use them in battle well whether you use poisons or not may not may or not be evil but according to D it is so there there mm-hmm. you are but they're still not, they're defined by their actions, not that they are the embodiment of evil because they happen to come from right. a place. So you're just taking away, so yes, you could strip the planes of their, you could say, well, then there is no such thing as, the nine hells, if you want to call it that, is just another world. It's not all lawful evil. It's not all, you know, even evil. It's just a place where these guys come from. Maybe it's got a, Maybe it looks hellish and that it has rivers of lava, but that's how their world works. Maybe it's because of what they've done it looks that way, and that's why they need the resources to fix it. Could be. Right? And they're just people from another world, almost science fiction-like, where they're just from another planet, and they've come to take over, quote-unquote, Earth, because, yeah, you could do that easily. I think you could. And, and it would simplify all the discussion of philosophy. It's just this army is after that army, and it has a planar scale to it rather than you know, now, I'm not saying you command. should do this. I'm just saying if you took alignment out of the equation right. and said that all these places, they have they may have tendencies toward mm-hmm. being this way, and perhaps even the majority of, of folk who live on the first plane of hell, they're pretty evil, rotten. They eat people. They eat babies for breakfast. Sure, and uh, have a million slaves. Right, so they're bad bad people, but it's not necessarily intrinsic hmm. is there any would there be any D likes to have those things be intrinsic but is that necessarily a good or bad thing would it how would it change how we do this would it or are we still kind of being semantic here because they're still bad guys yeah. But not in, not necessarily intrinsically so. It would be more like a planar form of like, well, I don't know. Was the Mongol horde bad? Probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not sure you can get away from that, right? I mean, depending on how they act. I mean, you could say they're, you know, they're a world that has, I mean, I, I think you, I don't know how you just have them be like, are you wanting to be a nothing burger like just some other country? I don't know. I'm just thinking out outside. I'm trying to think outside the sure. box. We're reimagining, sure. right? Right, so, right, right. Which yeah. is one thing. One thing that um, the planes have always been mm-hmm. is really tied heavily to an alignment. Right. So divorce that. And how does that? If we did that, how would that change how all this works? It would change it fundamentally. Sure. But would you still? You would. It would just be a bunch, like you said. It would just be a bunch of other worlds. Correct world to be fighting which you can do that war mm-hmm. of the worlds a real war of the worlds a war mm-hmm. of the planes right yeah sure why not you could i'm not sure if it'd be good bad or ugly yeah 
Um, let's see. Darth had a cup had a comment or two. It was pretty good. He said uh, he was responding. He said, I would keep Randy's council idea and get rid of the Lady of Pain and have a construct police force that answers only to the council. Okay. He's kind of redesigning from this one. Right. And uh, hold on for a second. Uh, turn that off. And then he goes... I asked him, I said, would they have only power in Sigil? He says, yes, the council and constructs would only have power or work in Sigil. All right. And then he brings up, he would even, I would even make up a new race that created it and grants the powers to the council and restricts movement outside of Sigil and makes Sigil a giant city on a planet like Promethean's phase world. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. You could do that. That would definitely make that a different take. For sure. I just wonder... Yeah, that's, a, I mean, that's, that's another a, one down here. Hmm? The council can even have, be given magic rings that give them dominion over Sigil. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Need to L. Yeah. Yeah, Ellen <laughs> talked about it's all the Green Lantern Corps now yeah, and the yeah, Watchers. Yeah, 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 sure. That's not a problem. All right. Yeah, that's, man. I think that's kind of all I got. That's what I would do. You got anything else on this idea of reimagining? I think, I think we, we touched on all the, points I had. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. All right, man. All right. So Planescape reimagined. Choose Joe's more of Lucy Goosey or Randy's reimagining of Lady of Pain. That's two options. Good, bad, or ugly. There they are. Right, because you can you could have the council with or without. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Clearly Darth is an option too. That's good. Alrighty then. So we should do some things. Yes. Like subscribe. Yes, sir. And like. Yes, do both because that's cool. Do we both. need them. We need them. Like and subscribe. Share. You're on YouTube. If you're listening on audio, follow us in your podcatcher. Leave us a review. Put down some comments. Come in here and tell us we're crazy for talking about Planescape at all. Well, it's kind of timely because 5th Edition just made their Planescape re revamp. I haven't looked at it. I don't know if anybody knows what it's like. I imagine it's... Is it a released book or is it on their um, online daily, Bob? I I think it's a released book. Can anybody confirm that Planescape is a released book? I believe Ryan David has said it was released a couple of weeks ago. can just imagine... And I get it. I know some people might hear this and say, well, uh, last year, the year before, there was some push to not have alignments be strict on monsters mm-hmm. so that all monsters can be have the breadth of experience that humans do. And right. Although, like a demon, mm-hmm. you have good demons and bad demons, maybe have just general tendencies. You could do that. Dumb, but you could do I was just... Bitball. Right. Exactly. Plus, what I'm talking about wouldn't be D and D. Yeah. Greyhawk five E is coming. Well, obviously. Well, of course we're going to reimagine. Why wouldn't it? Reimagining Greyhawk is on the is on the horizon. Though I'm not sure I really could. I don't. I don't know Greyhawk that well, and it's that and Forgotten Realms both are a little kind of standard worldish. I'd be more inclined to try to reimagine Dark Sun or Birthright. Just because they have a real shtick, if you will. That's what I mean. Not that Greyhawk is not as bad or Forgotten Realms is bad. They're just more like 
I'll call them, and I don't mean to offend anybody, generic fantasy world. Yeah, I would I would differentiate Greyhawk. Yeah. A bit because it had much less gaming material released. Yes. And but it's but it would have had it been. Do you do you think they would have? <clears throat> sorry, had they kept Greyhawk instead of Forgotten Realms in Second Edition, I think they would have released a bunch of crap. You know, I'm not even sure how you would go about to um, reimagine those places. Planescape no. has a lot of flavor that can be re 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 yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah. Greyhawk doesn't. It's no. very ill-defined. I mean, it would just be a different, I don't know. on definitions. I mean, we could, I guess we could, we could dive into some of the lore that I got from, um, I, I, yeah, Legion says, uh, yeah, I don't know if I would call Forgotten Realms clown shoes, but. That's what I would call Spelljammer. That's when you could definitely reimagine yes, in a positive way. Absolutely. Maybe even Ravenloft, though. I really like it the way it is, but we could we could possibly reimagine Ravenloft. Um, that well, too. I, well, I think Ravenloft as a... Palette cleanser is good. Yeah. yeah. I, I think Ravenloft has its... I think it's nice because you can have a group of characters get captured by the mist, experience Ravenloft, spit back out home and never have to go back again. They can have their domain of dread experience and call it good. But yeah, we could try to reimagine. I'm, I don't know if I'm inclined to reimagine other settings. I have a couple in mind, Dark Sun, and there's one that I'd want to think about. But right now I have nothing else else. So, so what, yeah. what do you think you would want to tackle on Dark Sun? Would it be the psionic part? Uh, probably that. Probably some of the takes on the Dragon Kings, and well, the maybe... Dragon Kings are Sonic, Sonic Dragon. Correct. Wizards. I would. Uh, <laughs> dragon Wizards. They're, they're not called Dragon. Not the Dragon Kings. The uh, Sorcerer Kings that are the rulers of all the city states. Ah. But but I mean, like I said, I, I don't know. Planescape was just something that, you know, I was kind of bubbling with ideas anyway. I've always been a fan of the planes, so that's why it came up. I don't know. This might be a regular topic periodically but probably not very much but whether 5e makes Greyhawk or not makes no difference to me and i didn't do this because 5e made planescape so no it just came up in conversation yeah yeah it did but i i think that if we were to explore reimagining any other setting Mm -hmm. i think it would be spelljammer yes spelljammer would be i think the easiest one from my point of view I mean, I don't have a lot of Spelljammer material to look at. I don't have any more at all. I don't. Yeah, have I don't I bought, think I have any either. We bought the I bought the box set when it first came out. We thought it was going to be cool. We started looking at it and said, "This is kind of dumb." <laughs> but we can jettison all of the crystal sphere phlogiston nonsense. Right. Well, let's talk about it off air. We'll, we'll definitely consider it. Spelljammer is on the list, so yeah, because yeah. there's a lot of cool stuff in there, especially there the living ships. I like those a lot. Yeah, it was just a fun topic that I thought it'd be neat to think about. Plus, I know I got a lot of people that don't like Planescape, so I wanted to make sure I talked about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just to needle him a little, just a little bit. I love you guys. Tiny, tiny bit. All right, so let's move on to our final thing here. Um, we're going to squish some gaming myths. Well, one of them. One. Where, and that one is D&D is not a good tabletop role-playing game. I have heard that from lots of people. Mainly early on. I remember when I... So Joe and I, we started in 
middle school. Mm-hmm. And we pretty much, we tra- you tried to get us to dabble in Traveler, dabble in Warhammer. I tried Marvel superheroes. But we were really pretty much D&D dudes. Right. And when I went off to college and Joe went off to the military, I heard a lot of, I mean, I think I told this story. I go into, my, it's my first week of, before classes start, I go into uh, college at IU and I see, oh, there's a, a role-playing game club. A game, a gaming club. I'm like, oh, that's cool. A gaming club. I'd never heard of such a beast. And so I head down to the, uh, what do they call it? In a college, they have like a little bowling alley, whatever, a place where kids can hang out. And I go check it out and I get in there and they're taught, they're playing Talisman. They have all the old expansions, even the space stuff. And uh, I say, and they're telling, and I'm watching them go, I go, do you guys play Dungeons and Dragons? And they're like, D&D, we play fantasy hero. And I mean, just like that, just totally arrogant. Like D&D is poop. And I was just like, oh, okay. So I watched for like two more seconds and said, the hell with these guys and walked off. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I heard that. And there, you know, I had a kid one time try to tell me that D&D was just for munchkins and fighting monsters, getting more powerful. And while it can do that, and I, he sings the praises of vampire where you're automatically powerful. And you, yeah, yeah. That's funny to me. Powerful um, than every other um, normal person on the planet. Right. Of course, there are much more powerful vampires than you are when you start out, but it's still a power fantasy on one on some level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. I think uh, what did Legion say here? He said D and D can be a good RPG. Can be a good can be a good RPG, and it's certainly a great game for its time. However, I do believe there are better games now. Um, better at what? What do you mean by good? Yeah, I I don't know if I can Subjective. agree with that. <laughs> there are other games that I like, but D and D will probably it still has to be my favorite. And when I say D and D, I'll give you this much. I can't say which version of D&D is my favorite right now. I really can't. But, yeah. Um, I think a lot of people would say levels are dumb. I've heard that, that levels are stupid. But it is a game. you got to have some way to track the the uh, increase of your character. But some would say there's no point in having a character that increases. Just let him be who he is and follow his adventures. Why is he, quote, unquote, getting that much better? Um, a lot of story gamers would argue that sure 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 but trying to say it's good or bad that's a to me yeah it's hard it's hard to argue that i i think dnd is the granddaddy of course and um i think it has to be given its props for that and it's functional it does the things you want it to do uh you can roll dice you can attack creatures you can cast spells you can make some cool moments you can do some rp you cannot have rp pick third edition you can have a very tactical game so so yeah i I, my big hang up with anybody who iron man thank you the union i couldn't think of that that's what it was called right dang it that's the place where they gather man old man for sure right so my whole when someone says it's not a good game Mm -hmm. i'm really wanting for someone to tell me what do you mean right what about, especially if they're trying to say that in a general sense, in a universal sense, and I'm going to say you can't really do that because you have to, well, you have to define what you mean. Yeah. And when you use a word like good, this is good, 
it is subjective and it's depending on your own taste. So you, so obviously it's not good. You don't like it. That doesn't mean it's not a good game. That just means you don't like it. Yeah. Um, Dar says, uh, any good adventure causes one to evolve in D grow and grow inside of getting levels. I agree with you, but I'm saying you can make an argument that, you know, your character does what they, you know, how much does Spider-Man grow in his powers? I mean, the years I read Spider-Man, he didn't grow much. He could do what he could do. Right. Personally, he grew. He grew up. There are some examples in comic books where characters' powers develop. A lot of them change over time. Superman got more powerful. He's he's gained a lot of powers since he was first introduced. But when he was first introduced, he couldn't even fly. Right. He didn't have heat vision. I don't think he's. I don't think he started out with heat vision or cold-inducing, you know, freezing breath. He didn't mm-hmm. have that. So there are some examples, but by and large, they are what they are. But yeah. the the hobby, almost all the tabletop games out there that I have experience with, they all have a function where you get more powerful. Mm-hmm. Some there's obviously some that where that advancement is less dramatic. It might instead of you maybe not getting more powerful, you might acquire a uh, more breadth of powers, but not necessarily getting uh, going up in, in power. Or and there's I'm sure there's some games where you don't gain anything at all. But I don't I don't know. Not enough to. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So I was just going to say. When someone says D and D's not a good game, I'm gonna just get into an argument because well, they know what they're talking about. Shauner, this is according to L. Shauner claims that it's not even a good game since it misses several points. No, no, no. It's not a game. Not a good game. It's not a game. Even a game, it misses several points. Like, okay. So you have to have a winner to have a game. All right, fine, whatever. Don't care. Yeah. Um I think what is it? What is it? What did the Green Apple said here? I thought was interesting. He said, "I've only played Five E with other people. It's still fun, regardless of it having a lot of player options." Yeah, I mean, dude, there. Look, I don't hate Five E. I really don't. I hate the company that makes it. Um, I, I kind of thought, I kind of, I really dislike Four E, but that's a decent role playing game in terms of it's fairly. I mean, so decent game. It's fairly well balanced, but it's not fun to me. But to each their own. Right. Um, oh. Green Apple asks this, how would a non-advancing character, you just stay in level one areas every game, or do you start out max level? Well, it could be something like <clears throat> maybe you're playing, maybe, you're, well, I wish Ryan David was here, but in Fate, if you're playing the Dresden game, which Joe and I played once, once. You, if you play Harry Dresden, I mean, he gets better for sure, but you could play him at a certain level where he's just there and do, does different adventures. Um it could be about just telling a story with that character. It may not be about telling one aspect of his life, not watching him grow and become better. A lot of people think you have to level and improve to have a fun game. I don't think you do, but I do think if you're going to try to keep playing that character over and over, <coughs> all the players I've ever played with, if they don't get some level advancement, it's going to grow dull. I mean, you could do a very short campaign, you know, like a six-session campaign, which seems to be the going rate, they say, for a lot of 5e games. 
Why does it matter if you level or not? Yeah, calling something not a game based on your own terms. Yeah. I'm sure that's where it's just, I don't think it's a game because, in my well, opinion, it's not a game because of these reasons. Look, it's a, I think anybody that doesn't admit that Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson created a new type of game I think they're I think they're purposely being being um, argumentative because you can't argue that right role-playing games were inarguably created and you can go back and make arguments about Brownstein or whatever I'm not going to do that about who actually did it first I'm just going to assume it was <clears throat> it was a um, uh, Guy Gax and Arneson, and they created a new type of game because winning wasn't the name of the game. Right. Um, uh, Iron Man says Oxford uh, Dictionary game, a complete episode or period of play ending in a definite result. Yeah, that role playing games fit that. You get definite sure. results. Sure, TP you get experience points. Yeah, or you play my game, you get TPKs, or if you oh, do live, you don't get any dead. You get no matched items. Right. You love it in your 40th level. Now, what that might mean to him is that. There is not an in-game de defined result that says it's the end of the game, yeah. Or this is this defined thing happened. I don't know. It's no I big deal. I don't care. If that's what he wants to say. That's fine. Yeah. But he's but it is a game. I mean, it, it's a new category of game. Uh, just like I would also argue that Magic the Gathering created a new category of game, collectible card game, though it's connected right. to card games. Right. Um, uh, yeah. So, but yeah, whatever. Um, and and defining what a good role-playing game is is super subjective. Right. I mean, some people think, I know Legion likes, what is that game he likes? Forbidden Lands and the Year Zero engine. Some people think that's dog poop. So, right. I mean, to each their own. I, yeah. I think it's fine. I enjoy it. I'll enjoy it in Aliens. So, yeah, this that's this is fully a myth. This is just someone's opinion. I don't like D&D, &D, so it's bad. I don't yeah. like 4E, so it's bad. There's people right. that still play 4E. Who yeah. am I to, who am I to say it's bad? I think 4E is the best version. <clears> hmm? <throat> There's a lot of people that think that 4E is, a be is the best version. So, Arn Man, tic-tac-toe, almost never ends with a winner or loser. Yeah, it's almost always a tie. Correct. It shouldn't yeah. be. If you, if you play it right, it will be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All so right. One of the points that you brought up here related is when people make these arguments, they'll say stuff like, it's just the most popular. Right. I mean... doesn't necessarily mean it's good when everybody plays it but it's certainly correlated <laughs> yeah well i would say this much that i would used to be more vehement about this but it's still just an opinion the nfl is the most watched sport in the united states number one right. <clears throat> by a wide wide margin no one's really close is it the best sport i would say currently yeah probably for me, for my money, it is. Right, right. Now, whether it has the best the best athletes, whatever, I, I don't care which criteria are. But for my money, I would not, if I'm going to watch a sport, the NFL would be first or college football. Football would be first, American football. Everything right. else, whatever's next doesn't matter. It's so far away out of my mind, it doesn't matter. Right. But <clears throat> some people would disagree, but it's still an opinion. People could think football is the biggest dog crap of a sport ever. It's too slow. There's too many breaks. And like a friend of mine who loves soccer says, soccer is nonstop action. I'm like, yeah, but the action's boring. So, right. Um, the folks will also say it doesn't represent magic well. Yep. Because of 
memorization and fancy and spell casting. Oh, that's not how it works in books and movies. And like, well, okay. Those are books and movies. Yep. This is the game. And you have to, and this is how this game does it. Yep. It's, the game is not supposed to emulate or simulate a novel or a movie. I mean, you may want it to. Right. But D&D doesn't do that. I don't think role-playing games do that very well. Well, I think a lot of role-playing games want to. They want to, and that's okay if you want to try Especially to build. ones that say that they have <laughs> cinematic action. If they claim that, it's pretty much them saying, in our opinion, the designers, the designers think that this makes this a situation where the game emulates like a, movie. a movie or perhaps or, a novel. Or intense player agency. Right. Right. Where players can control everything or control a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, look, if that's what you want at your table, I mean, could I have fun? Like, I don't like fate. Everybody knows I'm not a fan of fate. Mm -hmm. But I would be a guy that could play the game because I, I, I've looked at fate a little bit and I've read the books. And I think I think you need to curate your table carefully. Mm -hmm. Everybody sitting at the table needs to want to tell a story. It's a storytelling game. It's right. not a classic RPG. Your agency will be there but we have to follow a loose script mm -hmm. <laughs> and by that i mean you know if your guy's purpose is to get captured in this scene because that would be the coolest story it's kind of got to happen now that's not necessarily a role that's not really much freedom and i don't necessarily like that in general but i could play a session of fate and be down with that if we all agree not a lot of players could <clears throat> right so I think that's where a lot of people get stuck because they want to have a lot of safety nets so that they can keep their character alive because, you know, in storybooks, the main character never dies. So why is all the, why are all these characters dying all over the place? That doesn't make any sense. That's not a good story. Whatever. Our man wants to include some of the clones. Absolutely, brother. I mean, the right, clone right, crime right. Yeah, They're I'm, all I'm talking the, the D and D variants, OSE. Yeah. Uh, Hyperborea, what else do we go? We got sometimes Lamentations, the, whatever, whatever your floats your boat. Right. And, uh, but yeah, I don't know if L is joking there. He says, I don't get cinematic action. There is no video in D&D. &D. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, can't, I don't know if you're being funny or not. I kind of get what you're saying. I think yeah. they're, but I'll pretend like you're serious. I think what they mean is the action in the game when you're fighting feels tends to emulate what you see in a cool action movie in D and D your character gets to do cool John wick things. Right. Right. Without having to get, you know, you have to, you don't have to roll 20 every time to succeed. So yeah. And usually that means that your rolling means a little to nothing. I'm always, when we're playing D and D I'm always imagining the action that's going on. And in my head, it's cinematic. Right. To, to whatever degree. And that's good enough for us. Yeah. 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 Um, levels are dumb. Yeah. We're skill, yeah. Um, it's just an adventure game. No role-playing support. All you need to have for role-playing support is the ability to open your dang mouth. <laughs> right on, dude. And an imagine <laughs> a little bit of an imagination. Yeah. And you can play a role. Yeah. There's no there's no need for the rules to tell you when to role-play. <laughs> um, doesn't work past a particular level. That's a big ongoing argument since day one, probably. And people will argue. I'll say this, that... If you try to run, especially in third edition, if you try to run third edition past 10th or 11th level, just using the book rules and not doing any modifying whatsoever, like to play 3.5, you know, even the core books and you don't, 
do anything with the monsters, just play them as they are, you're probably going to run into some troubles. The balance will go out the window. Uh, the characters, because if your character, if your players are like mine and they can min max like, you know, the bit like nobody's business, they'll quickly have characters that are just, you know, way too good for their level. I mean, meaning compared to the monsters, if you follow the rules. But I, I, I still maintain uh, in other games like first and second edition where it's more on the DM shoulders to decide what the good and challenges are. If you mm-hmm. take that mentality into every every edition of D&D, except fourth, I can't talk about, you can definitely create challenges for your characters. And I think that's at any level. You can play high-level D&D. Absolutely. Right. Um, <laughs> too I've done it. Yeah, too complicated. That's kind of the same point as the just the previous one, but in general, it's too complicated. Anybody who says that, I'm just going to say you you probably need some more schooling. Yeah. Because we think... were playing it, well, we were sort of playing it at 14. We were uh, playing it. We were playing yeah. it, but it was our own version. Yeah. But once we started reading it, it wasn't a challenge. There was, there was no... There was no cognitive disability. The math wasn't difficult. Some of the words were new. Like I didn't yeah. really understand what he meant when he said when Gagak said verisimilitude. I had to look okay. that one up. Right. But I mean, as far as like roll this number, FACO is this, you gotta get this, and saving throw is fourteen, you gotta get a fourteen or higher, easy enough. I think some people just I mean, we have people who just think if you have to add a number to a dice. It's too complicated. Yeah, two so, adding two whole numbers. I don't want to do that. It's math. <laughs> you say the word math, people <coughs> lose their crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iron Man says cinematic can mean not realistic, but like something you would see in the movies, right? Fair That's enough. Yeah. That's good. I, I agree. Oh, and I think we already said there's you can't really define good RPG. You can only give your opinion of what you think the RPG mm-hmm. is. Because mm-hmm. really, some. It's really going to, well, I guess you can perhaps name some standard things that RPGs should have. And uh, if you're, if the RPG someone's presenting to you has, is one page and it says roll dice, you're done. You know, that's not a good RPG, but mainly because there's nothing to it. It has to have mechanics that you can, um, I think that you can use to make sense of the setting, whatever you're playing in. Yeah. Right. So I, I just think uh, if someone wants to say, I have some terms that I'm going to define and some standards I want to express, and by these definitions and standards, right. D&D falls short. I'm mm-hmm. okay with that kind of argument. Yeah, that for them, it's it might be a poop RPG. Yeah. And if someone just says, I don't like it, I think I think when people say D&D is not good, a good RPG, that is a stand-in for them. What, they're, what they should really say is, I don't like it. Correct. And that's it. And we, people should just say that. It's, it would get, what do you mean, I don't like it? Well, you could have just said that first, and we wouldn't have had to get, you know, there's a lot of wasted words. Fair enough. So the myth is busted. Um, D&D is fine RPG. Stood the test of time. Even fourth edition, as much as I hate, I love to hate it. A lot of people played it, had a hell of a good time with it. So whatever. 
All right. So we can move on to random geekitude, and all we really need to talk about is tabletop. Is um tabletop event? <laughs> Big GeekCon. Yeah, baby. Next week. Well, now hold on. What is today? Today's the twelfth. So, or no, week yeah. after next? Or is no, you're next right. Week? Today's the 12th, so it would be yeah, next, next week. Not this weekend, but the next weekend. Yeah. 22nd, 23rd, Friday and Saturday at uh, the Four Points Hotel in Saginaw. So you can still get tickets on tabletop events. We've decided, Joe said, it's going to run its course, and you can get them till you can get them. So I don't know when it ends, probably sometime next week. There's not really an off button for sales. Tickets. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I, um, could, I could just delete it. But I think it's better to leave it up until the uh, you know it ends. And we have now. Let me share the um, schedule of events. This will be probably difficult to see. I'll try to make it bigger. Let me come all the way down. Whoa, baby, what is going on? Here we go. There's the first day, Friday. Let me. Oh, come on. You move it over one cell. They'll see try- all three times. I'm trying, but it's okay. Hold on. Whoa, baby. There we go. They can see that. Yeah. Is it still tiny? I can see that. I can't vouch for them. Okay. I want to make it. Anyway, so you'll see there at 8 8 a.m. to 12, I'm running a session of my module, Tragedy at Tygon's Falls. A friend of our Phillips running a fifth edition, 10th level adventure, baby. And Josh Zaharko's running Dungeon Battle of Brooklyn. Uh, that's that. That's the three games we have so far. There may be more. Um, and then at 1.30, this is up subject to change. The whole thing is Horde Wars maybe at 1.30. And then our very own Flady is going to do a coalition game for Rifts at 1.30. Um, and a few other games. So I won't name them all. That's what we so, have. Here. So check it out. What, later, what Flady's running is you're playing the bad guys. <laughs> Essentially. Just to let everybody here know, <laughs> including Flady, coalition states are the bad guys, mm-hmm. as well as all the monsters that are bad guys. Uh, when the date passes, it stops taking stuff. Right. Okay. Right. Thank we you. We were hoping to be able to, or we were looking at maybe stopping ticket sales uh, sooner. Sooner. Or... I'm trying to, sorry, I, I'm licking my fingers. I'm trying to make this bigger. I can't make this larger. Is that because I'm in a cell? Well, I'm not sure how to do that. There oh, there we go. Else is the only sees colors. Can you see that beautiful color? Purple. Tragedy at Tygon's Falls. Yes, a little self-promotion. Um, in Rifts, there are no good guys. There is the PCs, when I play. There is the, when I play, Darth. There can be good guys. The PCs can be good guys. They don't they don't have they don't have alignments. Oh yeah, they do. They have palladium alignments. They're plenty of evil guys. Yeah. And I, I, right, right. Your your folks who are running factions are generally not good guys. I'm yes. going to stop stop screen. Uh, to be fair, when I played with uh, RPG is dumb, my good character did cause a town to be uh, nuked. So maybe I can't be considered good. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do it. I don't know. Your character's soul is stained as much as your piece of paper has a soul. El said he can read it now. Now that I shut it off. No, he's. All right. I'm sorry, El. I mean, we don't need to Mission see. Mission accomplished. But those that are on the Discord channel can access that. And um, is it is it only it's only changeable by me and you, right? So they can't make adjustments. Correct. You want to con- anyone mm-hmm. anyone who wants to um, have a game added or 
or if you already have a game up there and there needs to be some editing, email Randy. Yep. Because he's doing that. He's in charge of that. Yep. And I think um, there will be a um, probably many, many adventures will be run multiple times. I know I'm running Tygon's Falls twice, and I think I'm going to also run another OSE game. I'll be using OSE in both my games just for simplicity. That will be modified OSE. I'm going to use Ascending Armor class and a few other things, so it won't be just the classic OSE, but it'll be familiar. It won't be a difficult thing for anybody to get there. Yeah, how, how much are you modifying it? Teensy, teensy bit. Okay. I'm so gonna have some. Understand the rules. Mm-hmm. It'll it'll be old, kind of old school D and D. Yeah. If you can, if you know D and D, you know OSE. Yeah, it's not it's not tricky, and I'll bring the books if you need to read them. So it's all right. Yeah, we started talking about um, the GeekCon, and we lost like five viewers. Well, <laughs> uh, pff, I'm gonna tell them, man. I guess yeah, they're, I they're, they're probably left to buy their tickets, and they're getting on the plane right now to come out here. That's probably what it is. Oh, you have the word oh, modified repeated. Modified repeated. Thank you, L. I will see if I can. I thought I fix changed that. that. Did you change it back? There's no telling. I do all kinds of crap when you're not looking. It's just I can't get. Oh it. yeah, yeah. It does still say too modified. What is going on, my kingdom? That, that is a Randy thing. <laughs> I'll fix it at some point, L. Fair enough. So, yeah, it'll be mostly OSC. OSC modified squared. Yeah, slightly modified. You you will not be confused. It will be a beautiful railroad, and you'll love every second of the train ride. So beautiful railroad. No complaining. <laughs> yeah. Wear your engineer hat. Don't mess with my narrative, baby. <laughs> you don't let the DM. You don't let Randy do what Randy wants to do. That's right. Oh, you Randy. Well, I'm doing what I want to do. You can't stop it. Right. Just get on the train. <laughs> it will be bad for you if you do not. Yes. You won't yeah. be playing. No. You'll just be sitting there watching other people play. Well, that's how, how it works. I yeah. tell you I tell you what you're doing, yeah. and you yeah. enjoy that experience. <laughs> no, you're not going to cast that spell. You're going to cast this other spell. Attack that other guy. Oh, interesting. Right. L said, look out. It's going to be 13th Age. Actually, it's not, but we may have a 13th Age adventure that I will not be running. So you'll get a, you'll get a chance to play that as well, probably. One of our good friends is considering he's going to be an optional dungeon master should we need it. So, oh, cool. You know, two days of great fun and uh, might even be a few prizes for folks out there. So You might want to ready. find out if the 5E game, the one 5E game that's going to be run, mm-hmm. if he's going to provide people with pregens. He should be. Is that something I I forgot to write on that? But now I can't even, I don't know what I've done. I'm actually going to get out of that. Give me a second here. I am going to check. I believe Philip is going to have pre-gens for that game. And he calls it a competitive, a competitive uh, role-playing game. Ah. Our man says every room has to have two different doors to choose from, or it is a railroad. Well, then it's not a railroad. Every door will have. Or, there, or the, if there's no doors, is it okay? <laughs> well, how would you get into the adventure if there are no doors? Teleport. Planescape. Well, Planescape <laughs> right on in there. Right. <laughs> um, Flady asks, hoping to get my brother and I to select the game games we're playing 
tomorrow I have to work. Okay, so I don't know that we're having – we didn't discuss this, how people – how what the sign-up is going to okay, be. Okay, what's going to happen is you're going to show up, and when you get your um, badge uh, – for the for the event you're going to go ahead and we're going to have a sign up board and whoever first come first serve you can sign up for games and go so get there early stay late that's how you get to play what you want right i figured that's what we were doing we talked about that i couldn't remember if we came up with anything else larry elliot you're just now showing up we're getting ready to quit here he's been here he's been listening i know i know him he, he showed up early maybe he's so, been silent larry yeah, Larry's running a 13th age uh, on Friday and Saturday as a backup, just in case. Yeah. All right. Flady <laughs> says, the only door in my game will be the one the captain pushes you out of. <laughs> <laughs> right on, baby. Dude, Flady's got it. Go do the adventure. That's what you came here for. Be <laughs> cry, baby. <laughs> Gosh, player agency. Boop on that. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, go. Are we good now? Remember, if you haven't already bought a ticket, but plan on showing up and you know crashing the party, mm -hmm. tickets at the door will be forty bucks. Yes, that'll be for two days though. If you're going to stay for just one, we are going to cut them a deal. Okay. It's going to be seventy bucks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a deal. That's a deal. No. For us. Right, right. No, just kidding. Which no one will, no one will go for. I think our man's bummed about how the tickets are going to be given. Don't worry, we'll find you a game, brother. Don't worry. And most of our DMs are going to be pretty flexible about how many players are in there. Now, I know if Joe was running a game; he'd run forty-seven players. He has no problem. I'm sure um, there might be some way to figure things out for folks. I don't yeah. know that we want to. Like have all of the DM have their DMs have their or GMs have their email. Yeah. I mean the way we normally did things at CabinCon was sometimes the games were decided, you know, in advance. Yes. Just by talking. So yeah. uh, I say, Hey Randy, I'm playing your game. And then you would say there are instead of five openings, there are four because you already Correct. understood Joe was going to be I'm not, game. I don't want to get bombarded with that for this con. Okay. So we're okay. going to keep that loose, but we'll find a way for you to get to play. I, I can imagine there'll be ways for you to play. Uh, we're planning on four hour slots. L ask, are they going to end on time? We hope. <laughs> well, there's some, there's leeway between the slots. So, yeah. An hour and a half between each slot. So you can get, yeah, so even if they don't end perfectly on time, there's, no big deal that we don't we wanted to make sure that if people wanted to take a break between slots so they could eat something yeah or or just take a breather that they'd be able to do it and look if you show up and can get five guys that want to run a game that's off the books that's fine i'm not these are the games we're offering other games can be offered i actually have a couple of ideas um i've got some irons in the fire for some gaming outside of the con on either, probably on the far side, maybe playing a late game one night, maybe two nights. Got some other people that want to do something a little bit off the beaten path. Late night hotel room action. <laughs> sort of, <laughs> sort of. Let's not say sort of. Geez, well, it dude. won't be. It won't be in the convention hall because it'll be closed. Correct. It will have to be in a in a hotel room. Yeah. So, exactly. I imagine with the number of people, I was doing a quick count. I mean, as long as people are willing to try some other games. <clears throat> not just I, I have to play this game at this slot. You're probably going to be pretty 
pretty good to get probably almost whatever you want in. I mean, two slots can handle usually 12 or more people. So, I mean, my, and if people really wanted to play Tygon's Falls, if I had a, a third group that wanted to run through it, I would run it again. So this is just what I'm planning. Um, we'll see how it goes. And I was hoping for more kids, but right now I think we've only got a couple of people under 14 even showing up. So it's all right. It's a, it's a first con. From what yeah. I understand, they're all very small. Yeah. So I don't, we shouldn't get discouraged about that. It'll, we'll no. pick up, yeah. we'll pick yeah. up. We're trying to make it cool. Yeah, this is number one, and we'll hopefully it'll be good, and you know we'll see what happens. Anyway, all right. Is that it for you? I'm good, brother. I'm good. So, if you'd like to support the show, please like, subscribe, and share us where you are listening or viewing. Uh, We are on the social medias. Randy just joined X. He did. Named the dumbest named. Well, maybe Aww. not the dumbest named uh, social media platform, but I think it's close. Didn't uh, didn't Facebook isn't Facebook changing their name too? Oh, do they got to do that too? They can't handle the truth. I'm thinking that they that, that that there's some other word for it that they're using, but okay, it still says Facebook on the app, so at least there's that. Yeah. So, if you want to send us some cash support. We are on PayPal, Streamlabs, Ko-Fi, and Patreon. Patreon, currently, we're probably going to do some reconsidering Patreon. Um, but if you are currently on Patreon, the two of you, please stay there. We, um, what, are you going to give them some stuff finally? I was thinking <laughs> we could uh, give them a coupon for uh, on Big Geek Emporium for the PDF. Hopefully they haven't already. None of them have already bought the PDF. I think maybe, I think maybe Pat did. We could always give them a, a uh, coupon anyway because we're really yeah we got to yeah we we got to talk about that because yeah. our we're, our Patreon's not supporting like it should and we apologize for you, Patreon supporters. The, the two. Uh, well, still, I mean that's two people we should yeah, yeah, be yeah. sending crap to. So, Meta, yeah, they're going. It's part of Meta, Facebook. Oh geez, Louise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm probably, anyway, I'm yeah. probably eventually leaving all social media. <laughs> it's probably going to happen because we're not sociable, but we are on the web. Big Geek Emporium is where you can see lots of cool game products. Many of it is free. Much of it is free. Many of it. Much Many of it is it. free. Lots of it. I would say all of it is well priced. Even the uh, print-on-demand stuff, I think, is lower priced than a lot of the other stuff out there. Hey, is my game available yet on print-on-demand? I will, I will see if the print job went through. Okay, cool. Oh, I will have those. I'll have about 20-something copies for my game. For oh, yeah. So coming up at Big Con, <laughs> print copies of Randy's Adventure, Tragedy at Tygon's Falls. Yes, and if you need to send us any uh, email, the geeks at biggestgeekestpodcast.com. Are we ready to get out of here? Let's boogie, man. Thanks, everybody. Right. It has been awesome. Yes, it has. This is Joe. And this is Randy. And remember, if you can't be big like us, then be geeks like us. <laughs> <laughs>